Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rhetoric. Berto will your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, como siempre, vamos a tener un programa, un programa exitoso, a program that's going, that you're going to love. Anyway, let's go ahead and get busy. How is everybody doing today? I trust that everybody is doing fine. I am putting on my final touches on the on sharing this little baby here. There we go. There we go. There we go. Arriba Dershi. Let's see who we have here. We have E2247 in some part of America. We also have Eric Hayes who says, nice weather here in Atascacita and Kingwood. We also have Bridge MCP from, where again? Upstate New York. We have, uh, let's see, Yvette Avery Herod, who was a star I don't know if she knows it, but she was a, a star on our KPFT 90.1 FM Houston in uh, in a 90.1 FM Houston station on air in Houston, Texas, and the people loved what they heard. They loved what you had to say, Yvette, on this morning at 6 a.m. at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston, all over Northeast Texas. Southeast Texas, Southwest Louisiana, Northwest Louisiana, you were heard, my dear. And of course, over the internet. Of course, over the internet. Anyway, let's get started. Uh, who else came into the host? Who, who else? May Wood from Long Beach, California is in the house. We also have, let's see, um, Michael Rudnan, AVQ, Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, everybody. Uh, today, people are a bit slow in getting in, but that's okay. We still love everybody. Uh, Bree says, Egberto, you can say Binghamton, New York, as it is closest to me. Okay, no longer upstate New York, but Binghamton, New York. I'm going to have to put that into my the recesses of my mind. Binghamton, New York. Binghamton, New York. I think I got it. Binghamton, New York. I think I got it. I think I got it. I think I got it. All right, let's continue with the program. Uh, let's see if I got anybody else in. Uh, let's see. I don't have to know where I am. I live here. I know, baby. I know you live here. I know you do. All right, did I miss any one of you? If I missed any one of you, correct me. If I didn't, just throw your name into the house, and we'll talk about it. Anyway, I want to start with a MAGA interview. Uh, and I was a bit disappointed in Martha Raddatz because, yes, she wanted to hear what the people had to say. I get it. But I think some of the questions that she could have asked uh, would have been would have given better answers. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. We're going to get, go ahead and get started with that, and then we'll take it on the other side. I think it's important. I want people to understand how to ask questions, but here we go. Martha Raddatz interviewed three Trump supporters. And I understand that Martha didn't want to challenge them per se uh, on their beliefs in well, their cultish belief in Donald Trump. I get it. But I wondered if she could not have asked some other questions beforehand. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Tell me about yourself and how you came to like Donald Trump. 
They are the definition of diehard Trump supporters. George Rivera, Jim Vinup, and Angelic Schneider, three voters in the critical battleground state of Pennsylvania. Angelic, born and raised in the Lehigh Valley, a public school teacher for now 25 years. I've seen education change drastically over the last 20, 25 years, um, but not as much as I've seen it in the last four years um, under uh, President Biden. And I've seen a division in our country that I don't think um, he's going to be able to, to, to unify. I don't like the fact that because I say that I'm a conservative and because I say I'm a Republican, I'm treated with disdain. President Biden has stood up and, and, and talked about the MAGA Republicans and, you know, and the just disdain that he has for the voter. And I represent middle America. I mean, I'm one of those voters. And I believe that Donald Trump, you know, for eight years, he, he's been attacked. And if he's elected president, I believe that he'll make, you know, he'll make policy change. He'll secure our borders. You heard some of his opponents during the last few months say the wall wasn't finished. Mexico didn't pay for a wall. Does any of that reverberate with you? And you wonder... Can he get it done if he wins a second I term? think he can get it done. You know, he's not a career politician. He is, a, you know, a businessman. And you might not always like the way he says things, but he gets things done. Restaurant managing partner George Rivera at 43 has never voted in a presidential election before, but he says he's now all in for Trump. To me, he's anti-establishment. He's not with the status quo. And he's actually for the people. Having him elected back into office is the step that we need to take to fix, to make this country great. And what was wrong with the country? To me, what's wrong with the country is we're under financial tyranny, we're under corporate tyranny. What does that mean? Explain that to me. I mean that we're, we're overtaxed. It's hypertaxation. And you think Donald Trump can change that? And do you blame Joe Biden for for that? Well, it's, I don't blame Joe Biden. I blame his failed policies. Just because the S&P 500 is at an all-time high doesn't mean that gas isn't higher than it was several years ago. I run a restaurant. So the cost of beef went up five to six percent. A lifelong Republican, Jim Vinup, says Trump hasn't let him down like other politicians he supported in the past. When he came down the escalator, I thought, oh, this is crazy. You know, this guy, he'll never get anywhere. Well, as things went on, I became a diehard Donald Trump fan. Donald Trump does what he says. The only reason he didn't get a lot more done is because they gave him grief every minute of every day. So here's this guy coming down the escalator. A rich guy, married three times, pretty foul mouth. What was it and what is it about him? Has he made mistakes? Oh my goodness, yes. But I do believe that his heart's in the right place for me. How many, how many presidents, how many politicians have come out on stage and hugged the American flag? That really means something to me. You've also heard, though, from former generals, from John Kelly, who was his chief of staff, yeah. say he would never, ever vote for That's Donald right. Trump again because of the but way you've he heard treated from other, veterans. You've yes, heard but from I, and, and, and you said that, and he hugged the American flag. But, but you've heard what he said through those people about the military, about wounded veterans, about uh, Normandy. That doesn't bother you. 
Yeah, things things he has said bother me. Am I giving him carte blanche? He can do anything he wants? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I've said many times, geez, I wish he hadn't said that. But Kelly, I lost respect for Kelly. Mattis, I lost respect for Mattis. Uh, Millie, I lost respect for Millie. And these were people that he put his trust in. And you know what? They stabbed him in the back. You, you said something that interested me, which is Donald Trump cares about me. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, the common man. I, th I really think he has a heart for the common man. I really do. Um, did, did George Bush have a heart for the common man? Mm, I don't think so. He let me down. Mitt Romney let me down. Not only do these voters dismiss Trump's many legal challenges. My opinion is that the justice system is being weaponized against certain individuals. They stand by Trump's false claim that Joe Biden lost the 2020 election, even if it takes a minute. Do you think the election of 2020 was... I don't know that it, I, I, I don't think that it was... Yeah, I do. I think it was stolen. I, I, I don't believe that that many people voted for Joe Biden. I, 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 and I will never believe that. I, I don't believe No matter that. how many lawsuits or court cases there No were. matter how many lawsuits or court cases, when, when something is proven, um, I think you have to investigate the other side of it. I take it you believe the election was stolen. Yes, I do. You know, people say, well, there isn't, there isn't enough to overturn this particular election. That Really? You put it all together, I think there might be. Why aren't we looking at it? How do you bridge the divide in this country? You guys have very strong opinions. You have certainly heard people who do not like Donald Trump. I think if we really start to look at how we really have a lot more in common and we all really want the same goal. We want safety and security for our country. We want, you know, um, our, our, our children to thrive. We want, you know, to be able to pay our bills. I think we have to get control of the media. I think we really have to get control of the media if you want to unify people because I think that they have a way of really controlling the narrative. All right. I want to start with the idea that uh, the, the first person starts to talk about, well, you know, Donald Trump is a businessman. Well, Donald Trump was never really a successful businessman, even having been handed a spoon in his mouth. Uh, what, Martha could have asked a question like, if somebody has had five bankruptcies and if they've been bailed out by the system and if they, you know, would you still consider that person a good business person? I mean, there are questions like that she could have asked, right? Uh, she also uh, said when she watched the woman say how much she thought Donald Trump cared about them, ask a simple question as a woman. Uh, would you really uh, ask uh, if you had a daughter and there was somebody that she's approaching that goes ahead and have shop talk about? holding women by the groin or having, well, you know the word he used, or the possibility of that person having been uh, convicted of or, or a judge saying that under the real terms of today, what he did to a woman was rape. Would you feel comfortable with that person marrying your daughter? And as such, then, do you really feel comfortable having such a criminal as your president, you know, there are questions like that she could have asked in a very nice manner, in a gentle manner to bring them along with the person who owned the business. 
uh, he he used a lot of catchphrases that everybody can pick up if you listen to right wing radio. But when she asked, uh, why exactly are you saying that? He just used buzzwords. In other words, she could have asked him uh, exactly what did Trump do economically for you? And when he answered, did you realize that the tax cuts that were given, the very small tax cuts that went to the uh, working class was temporary, but the other part of the, the massive tax cut proper went all to rich people. Is that what you're talking about when you th- when you say he cares about you? When Donald Trump talks about, uh, when, when the other person says he has the heart, he has us in his heart, exactly what does that mean? When did you ever see him do something for you? There are so many questions that she could have asked in a civil manner. Uh, when the other person says, uh, you know, which presidential candidate would you see hug a flag? She could have asked, what does hugging a flag really mean? In fact, isn't that anyway closer to idolatry? Not that, I mean, we all know that was an act by the president, but come on, there's so much we could have asked. When the other guy says that, even when told that the president is under all these investigations, they're using the same talking points. Uh, the justice system has been weaponized. So anything that has happened to this president has been weaponized, even though much of it we've heard directly out of his mouth. Look, this interview, I get it. She wanted to get them to express themselves. And I think the interview was not for those people. The interview was for everybody else to see the millions of people that are going to see this to understand what a MAGA person thinks like. The, the, idea, the idea is to see how that MAGA person thinks. And when the millions of people that are watching this, if given the right questions, even if they answer the question in a silly form, those that are listening will be informed and be able to see how mind-bogglingly inept our the inept the rationale is to support a Donald Trump. It won't I mean these people may be completely delusional. These people may be completely a part of the cult. But my God, ask the questions, let them give the stupid answers, don't confront them, but then the rest of the audience will be able to see who they are and who they they hope they are not. And if you can make sure that they see how those people look and are embarrassed for anyone that would think like that, maybe they will do better themselves. I mean, it it is mind-boggling, completely mind-boggling what I what we just saw there and I I think uh, uh, it was stressful as I listened to it. And even as I did my little narrative after that, the reason it was stressful is because it is so mind bogglingly inept. Uh, but you know what, folks? We have a lot of work to do. Anyway, Bridge wants this on the screen. It says, 
I never saw, I never thought I'd see willful ignorance rise to this level of popularity. I know. And they are, they are content. Many are content in the ignorance. And, that is a, and that's why I call it mind-boggling. Anyway, Brother Fleming is in the house from Atlanta, Georgia. How are you doing, Senior Fleming? How are you doing today? Let's see. Uh, let me scroll back up. It seems like I have a whole lot to cover here. I got a lot to cover here. All right, let's see. Paul Fleming says, Trump, who left office with the worst jobs record since the Great Depression, claims he was creating jobs when he was president. Fact check. Job creation in every year under President Biden has been higher than job creation in any year under Donald Trump. Facts are a difficult thing, man. Eric Hay says, so what happens when current congressional leaders are being investigated by DOJ? They are being investigated by the DOJ. All right, let's see what else we got. Michael Rudden says, MAGA doesn't represent middle America. MAGA represents a loud social media annoyance. I mean, when people start to realize that MAGA is far from not even close to a majority, but they are in fact loud. But they're not close to the majority. And you know what tells you that? All those votes that we had on the abortion cases in deep red states, and they still lost by 65 to 33, 67 to 33, that kind of percentage, that tells you that the, the, this great MAGA thing is a figment of the imagination of many. Bankrupt, corrupt businessmen. Exactly, Village MCP. Paul Fleming said, Justin, the Justice Department has announced it has successfully disrupted an effort by Chinese government, sponsored hackers to target critical infrastructure networks using malware that hijack hundreds of home and small com uh, business routers. Uh, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Um, Rudnan says, Trump represents the people? This guy's delusional. Economic woes are an excuse as they always misattribute the blame. Republicans always give corporation tax breaks, and those same corporations raise prices beyond inflation. They don't want to see the greedflation that's the cause of their economic woes. You know, it's wishful thinking and in an enslaved mind. Uh, <laughs> Michael Rudnan says, hug the flag? That was such a laughable moment. That was, I, I, like, I, I like your image, Mike. I'm going to put that on the screen. And it goes like this. Oops, triple face bomb. Sometimes a double face bomb cannot completely describe the amount of the fail. That is so true. That is so screw. Uh, amazing. 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 Anyhow, let's see what else we got here. Para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver cómo va todo aquí. Texas has the right to secede uh, from the U.S. If this, this is from Paul Fleming. If its citizens decide to do so, GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley said on Wednesday. Oh, Lord. I wanted to find in the Constitution where, where, where it says that. Similar secession efforts uh, infamously led to the Civil War. But if Texas decides they want to do that, they can do that. Haley said in an interview with the radio show, The Breakfast Club. Oh, por favor, por favor, por favor, por favor. All right, uh, let's see. Division is more now than ever. Guys, you forgot what it was like under the Trump administration, evidently. But then again, so many always do. <laughs> Paul Fleming says the interview was terrible. 
I would have a hard time showing this to other people. Well, that's what we do here, man. We do what we have to do here, man. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's continue going down. Egberto grabbed them by the, you know what, was Trump detailing his sexual assault strategy? Trump has a pattern of admitting doing damage and crimes, disguises humor, then watching his followers not give a SHIT. That's true. Don't use my daughter, father of soldiers killed in Jordan's Sergeant Brianna Muffet, 23, on Marjorie Taylor saying, I think those reservists would rather be at the southern border. I saw that. He, does, he really got upset when uh, during that interview. Justifiably so. He got upset during that interview. All right, let's see what else I've got here. Maywood says, no, that's a reply. Uh, but he says, empty vessels make the most noise. That's true. Uh, Lee Grant says, some may support Trump not because they like Trump, but because they see that the progressive left can't tell the difference between a boy and a girl. That would be a stupid reason to support. Uh, that. Look, that is like saying, I have a, I, I, there's something about me you don't like. And because you don't like that about me, you're going to vote against those that I like and cause you pain and cause the rest of America pain just because you don't like something. Come on, brother, brother uh, Grant. That is where I'm trying to elevate people's mindset. You have to work in the best interest of people, not in the best interest of spite. Anyway. I got another video. This one here is, this is personal. You know, I watch, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. So while everybody's watching all kind of great news and, I mean, not news, but great entertainment TV or reading a novel or whatever, I'm either reading a technical manual, reading some sort of geography or history, book or website or i'm watching the uh history channel or i'm watching the smithsonian channel so i was watching the smithsonian channel and there's this series that i like called aerial america and it's really good i think it's really good but today it got under my skin or this weekend it got under my skin when they did a a piece on tennessee and, you know, they, they covered Andrew Jackson. Well, let me play it and let you see what really got under my skin. Some of you may not agree. Some of you may think I'm being petty. But I know this message is subliminal. So let's take a look at it. But before I go, I want to say hello, Peggy Lopez. Como estas? Uh, have, I haven't seen you in a little while, Peggy. Are you? Is everything all right? Anyway, let's go ahead and play that, and then we'll take it on the other side. Seeing things through the eyes of others. You know, I, I love the History Channel. I love that program called Aerial America, where you can actually, you know, they go through all the states and they tell you stories about what's happening, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or not what's happening, but about the states. And, you know, they get a, give a history of the state. But, you know, today I was, while I'm blogging, I'm looking at the program and I am listening to what they're talking about with Andrew Jackson and how they're praising Andrew Jackson. And, you know, when they talk about him being the catalyst for the Trail of Tears, they just kind of glossed over it as, uh, as just being something controversial, right? Here it is. This guy bears responsibility 
for pretty much the murder and genocide against a particular indigenous group of indigenous people in our country. And as it is told in this thing, in this documentary, in this program, they just talk about it as something incidental. It is ironic, however, when we speak about uh, what, let's say, Hamas did in Israel, which was horrendous, terrible, and should be spoken of that way, that when it comes to, let's say, Andrew Jackson, when it comes to how Israel reacted to the massacre in Israel and then decimate uh, decimate Gaza and kill over 26,000 people, right? If you want to understand why we continue to have... Uh, I tell you what, before we get ahead, let's go ahead and listen to it first. And we'll take it on the other side. Andrew Jackson the seventh president of the United States, arrived in Nashville when Tennessee was still the frontier. He bought 425 acres of land where he would eventually create his stately southern plantation home, the Hermitage. Jackson was not an aristocrat like the presidents who preceded him. He was a scrappy, short-tempered man. At the Hermitage, he grew cotton and advanced his political career. Jackson led the American forces to defeat the British at the Battle of New Orleans in 1812. His role in that battle helped Jackson win the presidency in 1828. He served two terms, probably the most controversial aspect of his presidency by modern standards, was his plan to remove Native Americans from their land, ultimately causing the Trail of Tears. Today, the Hermitage is a popular tourist destination and one of the oldest historic site museums in the country. Now, anybody listening to that piece from just, you know, from just sort of a casual way would, would, would not really make a big issue out of it. But subliminal messages are very important. And it teaches you how to handle situation based on who, what, when, etc. And if you take a look at how Andrew Jackson was revered in this piece, and at the same time, they didn't forget to bring up the Trail of Tears, but they made it just an incidental, it's sort of a controversial thing, but it's no big deal. But when we talk about what others have done in this country, oh, it's the end of the world. You know, how dare they do those violent things. We are not a society that does those things. It is so far from the truth. Humanity can be very good and humanity can be very bad. And it doesn't matter where you stand, whether you are an American, a Russian, a Chinese, a Vietnamese, a Panamanian. We all have the propensity to do real bad things. We all have the propensity to do really good things. And what we can all hope for or what we should strive for, what we should promote is that we start all doing good things. But one of the most important things is not to color history, because when you try to color history, those who want to be snowed, those who want to be misled, those who want to be gullible and be fooled, that there is a whole group 
that knows the truth. And it doesn't matter what you say. They'll know otherwise. That little girl that has to sit in class, that indigenous girl that has to sit in class and talk about Christopher Columbus discovering a new world. She looks at her and says, huh? What new world? I've been here. And not only have I been here, but this is actually mine that you've taken. When immigrants are coming over the border and, and folks want to look at them as if they're criminals or if they're these bad people doing this bad thing, they just have to look and say, what's the genesis of the United States? We just want a job, nothing more, a job, a better life. And we want a job because of what you may have done in the countries where we're at. But when you came here, you didn't only try to settle a little area to make life better for you. You took the whole thing. You killed, you maimed, you effected genocide. From whose eyes are we seeing things? From whose eyes? When I come to the United States and I'm a, I, I am a full-throated American citizen, proud to be an American citizen, with the acknowledgement that I will not, and no, no person coming onto this land who, who, uh, who constitutionally was declared three-fifths of a person. Can, how can any one of those sit down and revere those who wrote a constitution that told them they were less than a person? From whose eyes are we seeing things? When we start to try to see the world through the eyes of all, and not just through the eyes of the few or through the prejudices of the few. That is how and when we will make progress in this world. And we're getting there. Progressives are leading the way. We're getting there. But we have ways to go. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Absolutely so folks, absolutely so. Uh, Bridget says, we're time in Atlanta, a cyber attack that hit government systems. We got Ray on the line. Before I finish that, let me get to Ray. Brother Ray, talk to me, how are you doing today? Yes, brother. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I wish to, I could say my name was Mr. Rogers. <laughs> How you doing? It's a pretty day. It's a pretty day. Yeah. So I was. I had saw that video you saw with the the unfortunate gentleman. You know who. You know pro, pro, he. Uh, what do they say? He uh, professed his love for Donald Trump, and it's so sickening that. You know, this man who otherwise seems like a decent, you know, hardworking, God-fearing man, you know, he's been duped by the, by the con man in chief. And, you know, it's so sad that there was 
what, 80 million people? I, I mean, when you get into the mind of, of the 80 million people who saw what he did and they still condoned it, you know, it's like, I'll I, I go back to what you say. If Obama did a penny's worth of what he did, you know, he would be canceled and there would, there would never even be a, they would probably want to cancel black politicians from everything. But well, I mean, that, the yeah. fact that, and, and I know, and I, I'm going to just, I'm going to just put this on. I know you don't, I know you don't like to put race in it, but it's because he's a white man. And, and it's the sad state of affairs that that other white man sees himself in Trump, regardless of the, the disconnect in the class and social struggle that he's a part of. He has no bearing of actually seeing how Trump is the enemy in that equation. Your thoughts? Well, no, you're absolutely right. And I did a piece on, on Steve, Steve <laughs> Hunter's show at uh, 8 o'clock that comes on. And what I, what I you know, I, I, I actually wasn't on Steve's show, but I called in because they were talking about Trump. And I looked and I said, Trump, uh, Trump suffers from three privileges, uh, white, uh, male, and uh, it was white, male, and class. And the interesting thing about it is because he had those three, he could just, when, he's, when he goes out there and he says, I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and nothing happens, he's just about right. Because, again, some people in this country... Man. Can get away with certain things, and look. While what look, let me tell you. When it comes to race, I don't believe in race. I know race is a social construct, but worse, I know race is a tool that is used by the plutocracy that separates people. That's uh, that's what I that's what I know about race. But Ray, we live in a racialized I think society. I'm with you on that. Yeah, we are a racialized society, so I have to discuss race in the context of this racialized society. And that's where we talk about the advantages that, that uh, somebody like Trump has. But what I then tell my, my white brothers and sisters is realize that racism is not there to protect them as white people. It's not there for you. Racism is just a tool for you to do the necessary work to transfer all the spoils to the few. And I usually take it another step further to, 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 to give it context. At the level that you have a Oprah Winfrey, a Beyonce, uh, and I'm no, I notice I'm calling out black billionaires right now, a, 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 and all these other black billionaires. The black capitalist class. The, yeah, right. They, realize, they to them. Right. I, I want to say something about these people, though. They are no different, and, and don't get me wrong here, because... Uh, yeah, understand where I'm coming from. They are in the same class and behavior of Trump in so many ways. I ask a question to all, you know, I, I do a lot of activism like you do, Ray. We're activists and we try to get funded so that we can go out there and do the work that we do, right? When was the right, last right. time our black billionaires said anything about Trump being an existential danger to this country. Imagine if Oprah went on her show. If she really, if, if, if it is true that Donald Trump is an existential uh, danger to many of us, right? Wouldn't Oprah Winfrey, a Beyonce, right. a, 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 and all these guys go out there and say, 
let, even if they don't want to put a face onto it, when they go out there and be donors uh, to groups like TOPS and all these other groups that are trying to maintain our democracy, when they have some words to say, but they don't. So what I try to tell everybody, white, black, blue, or whoever you are, let's stop being widgets. Let's stop hating on each other. Let's stop allowing them to put these things in our heads because after you have crossed the class divide, race means nothing. And you start to protect the class and not anything else. And if you take a look at the, once they, uh, uh, on, on CBS, Oprah's best friend, uh, Gail, was on the show. And, and, uh, and uh, there is there's this, uh, this white guy. I love this guy. He's, uh, he's a husband of uh, uh, Katie Turr, Katie Turr's husband, who is on CBS with, uh, with, with this uh, um, Oprah's friend. And he started to right, talk. Right he started to talk about this issue that I'm talking about: how the money's moved to the top, and why you need to take, you need to have policy to take it back. And she comes out and she's like, "I don't know about that. Nah, uh-uh." In other words, she's protecting the she's protecting the capitalist class. There you but go. Because she has that that black skin, people don't see that, and people are so blind, and it's like. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ramp up my work definitely this season, but you know, I, I just, I just, every day I'm trying to wonder at Berta, what can we do to take the, the wool off of people's eyes? Because they just like, you know, it sounds like you say they are willfully ignorant. They don't want to see, they don't want to believe let, that they've actually believed in a lie. Let me, let me tell you first thing. Okay. Remember that. Look, I'm, I'm all, and, and listen, my white brothers and sisters, I want you to listen to this part that I'm going to talk in detail. This part is very important. You ever heard the word that says, at least I am not black? You ever heard a white poor person say that? A white person, a white poor person say, at least I am not black. I got a shock of my life one time. I don't remember when it was or where it was. It's kind of foggy in my mind right now, but it was a shocker that this person said uh, things are hard and we're talking and all of that. And, and they said something to the effect, but you know, it could, have, it could have been worse. I could have been black. And I was like, wow. Wow, they forgot who they were talking to, you know? But that is why we have the gradation of race and so forth. So my white brothers and sisters, let me tell you how you're being used. We institute these things called racism and all the other isms, right? And we and we give we have all of them have pecking orders, of which the black folks are near the bottom of the pecking order. I think the only one at the lowest part of the pecking orders are brothers and sisters that are indigenous, right? So you have all these people saying, "At least I'm not this, so I can tolerate my current situation. At least I'm not this, so I can tolerate my current situation." What you just asked, Ray, is what we have to do. And that is, first of all, we have to dispel the notion from somebody saying, at least I am not black, right? Because that, that, that is a false context. And if you can eliminate that where they finally see that their interest is your interest and your interest is their interest, 
and that racism is a stupid concept, at that point, the plutocracy goes crazy and gets scared. Why? Because they can no longer use those tools, racism being a tool and all the other isms, they can no longer use those tools to keep us looking at each other instead of looking at those who are really oppressing us all. And that is why I so believe in education and education, educating us all. Ray, continue. Yeah, you said it all, brother. And I mean, basically, you know, the, the saying goes, you know, if you convince a white man that he's better than a black man, you know, not only what, what they say, he can pick your pocket while you're convincing him right. that he's better than a black man. But if you convince him he's better than a black man, he doesn't have to pick your pocket. You'll go in your pocket and hand him the money. And exactly. that's what these fools are doing. And again, exactly. I reiterate to what Mr. T say, I pity the fools. <laughs> you know, I, I'm telling you, I, I'll tell you something, right? But we're getting, you know, uh, I, you'd be amazed of the, the emails that I get from some of my um, white listeners at KPFT. Some of them would say things like, wow, at first I didn't quite understand what you were saying. But man, man, you're right. I get it. I get it. I get it. And that's my, that's my goal, right? I have to be able to let somebody, even like, let's say I'm Mike Cisak in our chat right now. I got to get him to listen to me as a man and not listen to me as a progressive black man. And that whenever he starts to listen in that context, that's when I would have gotten some success with, with that one person. But there are thousands already that, that the, the switch has turned. Let me just tell you, because I hear from them. And for every letter that you get, right, for every letter as a as a uh, host, every letter that I get, that represents uh, quite a few hundred people because that's just how the numbers break down. Because there are a lot of us that think the same way, but only a few of us will take the time to write a letter or only a few of us will take the time like you did to call in or whatever. So we're making progress, Ray, and I'm saying let's just keep the, the toe the line and let me just tell you that you're doing good with your activism with TAFs. And by the way, I got that stuff that you sent me. I haven't gotten a chance to go through it yet, but yes, all right? Yeah, well, it's just an invite. And uh, like I say, we would cordially appreciate if you would be there, my brother, you know, because I always see you in progressive spaces. And I haven't seen you in a while, so it'd be a good chance to, you know, have a coffee on Yes, top. sir. <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So we'll talk, my brother. Um, anything else you want to say before we go to the last video of the day? No, brother, you said it all. I'm going to leave it at that and I'll just keep listening. Thank you, bro. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, folks. Uh, great show. And by the way, I love when somebody calls in. I love when you all call in, man. All right, let's see. Mike C. Sexton, there is racism in the U.S. against Asians and whites. It is in many laws, such as affirmative action race quotas, welfare preferences, and many other race and sex privileges that Asians and whites don't have in law. Hmm. I know, that's what you were taught, Mike. I want you to actually ask Egberto Saturday. You know, I have a thing to go to on Saturday. I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to get out of it because I, we need to have our ask Egberto on Saturday. I don't want to start 
playing around with that. So I'll, I'll tell you for sure on Thursday, uh, my, my brother Hayes. Um, but CSAC, when I came to, when I got my first job as an engineer at NL, I hated affirmative action. I hated it. I hated it with a passion. But the reason I hated affirmative action was because I was selfish. Okay? And I wrote about this in my book that I'm going to be releasing in paperback pretty soon. And let me tell you what even got me more pissed off. When I got my first job, uh, Pat really loved me. She really thought I could do the job. Uh, she hired me for a job that, based on my qualification, to be honest with you, they were looking for somebody that had uh, more qualifications. But she saw that I, whatever I tackled, you know, she saw the different jobs I had. Whatever I tackle, I really tackle with a passion. But, uh, and I'm going to get to the video in a minute. I have a, a couple minutes to tell the story. But when she offered me the job, she, I had to go through the vice president of that division. And I remember uh, he called me into his office, sat me down, and then closed the door. And when he closed that door, uh, this, my, this is my first job out of University of Texas. He closed that door and he says, Pat likes you. I don't know why. She thinks you can do the job. And, and, and he said that with a very a sarcastic attitude. You get that feeling. And then he said something to the effect of, I tell you what, you got six months. And, and if, I don't remember if he said, and if we lay you off or when, or, or, or if, if you don't, fit, I don't remember exactly how he said it. Uh, but he then said, if you don't do it in six months, you're out of here or something like that, he said. And I said, okay. But I left there with a heavy heart. And the project that was scheduled for six months, I completed in two months. Two months, TDS 11. Never forgot that. TDS 11, the, the real-time loop. And my boss, I remember, came into the office and said, ah, don't worry about that six-month stuff. You're in. You're here. You know, and, you know, I felt good about it. But, but that, that thing that I had on my back, that everybody looking at me at that job, I was the only black engineer in that, in that, in, in that division. And I knew everybody was looking at me because there goes the affirmative action higher. And I took for, I had a chip on my shoulder and I was pissed. Because I know they were, I could do the job. I did a six-month job in two months. But that's how I felt walking through everybody. You know, when you go out to lunch, you know, the, 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 the cracks that folks pass. So I hated affirmative action. But the truth of the matter is, I got that damn job more than likely because of affirmative action. I could do the job, but more than likely... I would not have had the opportunity to be considered for that job had it not been for affirmative action. Mike Cisak, brother, you don't know what you're talking about. 
I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't understand the concept being a Panamanian, being four years over here, not understand the depths of racism in this country. Not that my country wasn't any, uh, didn't have racial problems, but the depth of racism in America is so much deeper than just about everywhere else. I, I remember going to a reporter at Channel 13 and he said, Egberto, you learn. And when I really got, when I turned around, I called him up and I said, JD, man, you were right. I was wrong. But anyway, let's hear the last video of the day. Let's listen to the last video of the day. A country can't have two presidents at a time. And no matter which party is in power, or if it's a split uh, power or whatever, the, the, the parties that are there should work within the structures that are there. We have a president in the executive. We have the Congress in, uh, in, the, in, in the legislative. And we have the judiciary that, you know, never changes or hardly changes. Now, what we have with this immigration debate is a malicious intent to prevent government from working by having a particular legislative branch run by some external party. In effect, we are serving two separate presidents. As opposed to just being a good adversary, taking commands from the former president, I think is another form of treachery to the country. Uh, if, you, if you think about it, the country has elected a new president. And to have the old president stop progress, that is uh, treasonous. I said treacherous. It's actually treasonous, maybe not to the letter of the word, but for what actually occurs, uh, one can only consider it a danger to the country uh, as it is right now. I want you to listen to even what Mitt Romney had to say about what the president and uh, the relationship between the president and the Republican Congress to stop an immigration bill from going through and in effect then stopping many other bills that need to be processed from going through. Check it out. The fact that he would communicate to uh, Republican senators and Congress people that he doesn't want us to solve the border problem because he wants to blame uh, Biden for it is, uh, is really appalling. That was Senator Mitt Romney responding to reports that former President Trump has urged Republicans not to pass a border deal with President Biden. But first, Tell us what you know about what Donald Trump has done and what's in the bill. So first of all, we should just point out that this is unreleased legislation. No one has seen legislative text yet, still under discussion. We know that it unites border security measures with Ukraine war funding, which is obviously a priority of President Biden and Democrats. It includes measures to make it harder to secure asylum and increase detention facilities. And the big thing that's been of talk over the weekend is a clause that where the administration would be required to shut down the border to migrants, attempting to cross without prior authorization. If daily crossings go above the number of 5,000 crossings, President 
President Biden has called it one of the toughest and fairest bipartisan report reforms, says if the bill passes Congress, he will sign it. But I think it's really important to talk about the politics here. You've heard House Speaker Johnson say this bill is dead on the arrival in his chamber. You've heard former President Trump say it's a bad deal, that he there's no way that he could support. So the politics here, frankly, are quite challenging for these negotiators who I think have been in a good faith negotiation of trying to bring something to the floor for something that everyone on all sides does agree is a real crisis at the southern border. So there you go. It is time for uh, the Congress to get serious. I doubt that they will. So we likely have another 11 months of chaos. Another 11 months of chaos because this Congress already has been a Congress that got very little accomplished. And now uh, they are failing miserably. But good for us, likely in November, a completely new Congress will be elected. A new senators will be added because as opposed to the fear many have as far as what kind of election we're going to have in 2024, I am now convinced that we're going to have a landslide for Democrats, the blue, the progressives in 2024. I am looking through my crystal ball and assuming it's not a mirage that I'm seeing. I see a turnaround and I see a big flood to the left side of the axis. I really do. I really, really do. So, folks, Let's stop worrying and let's start working. Let's stop worrying and let's start working, making those calls and telling people, hey, we need to vote the right way. I know Taylor will do it again. Taylor Swift. I love me some Taylor. I love me some Taylor. I love when they try to attack her, how she came back, you know, how, how she did it. But that's our girl, Taylor Swift. Anyhow, folks, thank you so kindly for listening to the show today. Please support the program. How can you do that? You can support the program by going to politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. Let me get you, get you that link. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. Uh, find whichever way you want to give us support. Uh, and let me show you what that page looks like. Uh, I'm going to put it on the screen here. If you take a look at the page, there are all those are the ways you can support us via Patreon. You can support us by PayPal, by subs subscribing to our Substack, subscribing to our YouTube channel, get in our books, shop at our store, become a Facebook fan, go to our Spotify. There are so many ways that you can support us by going to one of our platforms and supporting us. Alternatively, uh, uh, well, not alternative because I have that link in there too. I'd ask you all to uh, please go ahead and become a paid subscriber of our newsletter at politicsandright.com slash newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. It's a free newsletter, but anybody who decides, and, and I hope all of you will, to become a paid member of our newsletter, what does that mean? You get to read all our books, my five books, and any subsequent books that I write you'll be able to read them as well. And what are the books that I have written? The books that I have written are Tribulations of an Afro-Latino-Caribbean Man. That comes out pretty soon. The next one is going to be As I See It. That's the first book. Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. The other one, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It. And It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, 
and neighbors. So please, folks, consider becoming a part of our PDR Posse. Please subscribe to our program and go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. First of all, I love you all. Callers, left wing, right wing, middle ring, all of you. Thank you very much for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. And it goes like this. I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.